be preaching for the book of Psalms again, chapter 18, the 18th Psalm. Read the first three verses of that psalm. As we notice, of course, the last couple of months, Jesus says, I am. And he finished that sentence. And in response to that, all of us will say, he is, and we finish that sentence. And many times, thankfully, we can say, he is, and finish it with exactly what he said in the scriptures. He is my salvation. He is my bread of life. He is my water of life. He is my light. But we all answer the question to say, he is. The Psalms contain several he is statements. Many of them are in the 18th Psalm, first few verses. And we want to look at these. These came to mind as we read through, of course, uh, the 23rd Psalm, where, where David says, the Lord is mine. So in response to the I am statements, we have the my statements. Here in Psalm chapter 18, beginning in verse 1, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So I shall be saved from mine enemies. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for letting us know who you are. And I pray that we would all make you in our lives what you want to be for us. Father, may we experience all the blessings of full fellowship with you, and that we'd all make you our Lord, our Redeemer, and our rock, and the strength of our lives. And we ask that from this day throughout the, this week, you'd remind us of these words. Help us, Father, be all we can be for you, and thank you for being all that you are for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. He is. He speaks of the Lord, and the first thing he says, of course, is he is dear to me. Now, you'll look at that and say, well, I don't, I don't see that sentence here. My Lord is dear to me. Oh, it's in that first statement. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. I will love you. Looked at what several scholars had to say about this passage of Scripture, and the word Love is a different word for love just than the emotion that we have for love. The word actually is very close and includes the term embrace. So when he says, I will love you, O Lord, the word includes the term embrace and I would say you can put it that way. He begins his prayer to God saying, I really want a hug right now. I just need to hug God, and I need him to hug me. You ever felt that way? We talked about the calming peace of the shepherd that restores our soul and gives us peace all around. And there's times where that, that's all we want. That's all we need is just to fill God's big arms of love around us. And he said, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. He is my rock. 
That's quite interesting that David did not coin this term. This was not something that David uh, thought up just out of being a, a poet and poetic language. This term rock attributed to God actually came from the scriptures that David would be familiar with. I want to read it for a particular reason. Let's look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32, and this is the song of Moses. It's a prayer of Moses preparing them to go over into the promised land. Now, the book of Deuteronomy, the things that are written here were all uttered and all spoken to them after the 40 years of wandering. The book Deuteronomy, the term Deuteronomy, really means second law. It doesn't mean that it replaced the law, but it's really the second reading of it or the second rendition of it. He was reminding them of them, these things before they moved over to the promised land. And he says this about God in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 3, For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. All his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Notice, he is the rock. So we have scripture saying, God is the rock. And David saying, he is my rock. And it goes back to how we close this morning's message. The Bible says some things about God. And we will respond as to whether we agree with that. And we will make the rock, our rock. And the term rock here, of course, denotes strength and stability. Jesus said it this way, book of Matthew and in the book of Luke. He that hears my words and does them. I'll tell you who he's like. He's a man who digs down deep and builds his house on the rock. He builds his house on the rock. Then when the floods come and the winds blow, the house stands. Why? Because he takes the time and the attention to build his home, his life, on the rock. He wasn't talking about house building. He was talking about life building, wasn't he? And so David says, he is my rock. Jesus says, the rock is still here. Build on the rock and make it your rock. He is my rock, my fortress, a place of safety, and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield. Quite interesting, the word shield here in the King James Version is termed buckler. Now, that's not just another word for a shield. There were actually two shields that military people used. One was a big shield, like you would see, pretty much half of your body length that they would hold in front of them. The other was a smaller shield. It was a shield that you could take in a hand and you could move it around. Not only was it a defensive weapon, it was an offensive weapon because you could use it to uh, push or to strike your enemy. And if you look in the 91st Psalm, chapter 1, this buckler 
is mentioned again. Some of these terms mentioned in the 18th Psalm are mentioned also in the 91st Psalm. But he gets specific about something. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And from the perilous pestilence, he will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth will be your shield and buckler. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. His truth will be your shield and buckler. Now we know what uh, the Apostle Paul said when he was talking about armor. Concerning the word of God, he said the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And David says that the word of God, his truth, is also your shield and buckler. And he says in the 18th Psalm, this is my buckler. This is the one I have. As I understand it, they didn't keep just a collection of shields up on a wall or a collection of them in a stack, and when it was time to muster out to battle, everybody just ran and grabbed one. Oh, no, no. Everybody had his own shield. Everybody has his own buckler. So when he said, this is my buckler, what he meant is, I'm very familiar with this. Can we say that? That's one thing to say, yeah, I'm a Bible-leaving Baptist. Are we familiar with this? You see, the soldier had to know how to use the buckler. And he said, your truth is my buckler. He had to know how to use it. He had to be familiar with it. And in order for it to be of benefit, what's the first thing you have to do? You have to be sure you carry it with you on the battlefield. So there's a lot of words that are said in just a, 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 a lot of message that's said in just a few words when he says, he is my buckler and the horn of my salvation. Turn over just a couple of pages to the 27th Psalm. Twenty-seventh Psalm, verse one: The Lord is my light and my salvation; whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life; of whom shall I be afraid? Wow, what a message! What David was saying is, nobody scares me. Nobody scares me because the Lord's the light of my life, and he's my salvation, and he's the strength of my life. Nobody scares me. I fear no one. Can that be said of us? The last part of that, or the first part, can we say he is my light and he is my 
salvation. It does make all the difference. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. Now, King James Version reads it this way. He is my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. Well, the word stronghold here is still an accurate point. Stronghold is a fortress, a heavily defended safe position, but the Hebrew word is indeed high point. It has to do with a high elevated position. The book of Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10, the name of the Lord is a high tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Well, I, li I like that. The righteous what? Run to the high tower. They run to God and are safe. The word high tower is important. Because see, as you looked at the fortresses and you looked at the refuge places, they all had a high tower. Because any military man will tell you it's always easier to defend from an elevated position. And what the psalmist was saying, and David was a military man, God is my elevated position. You see, when you're in an elevated position, when you're in the high tower, the reason they built them so high is this. You can see the enemy a long way off. And you can see them before they take you by surprise. So for him to say, God is my high tower, what he's saying is, this is a place of extreme safety, a place of strategic importance, a place where I can see what's really going on, and I can see the enemy coming, and that's important. Paul gives us a New Testament equivalent to this, that God is our high tower. If you'll turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Of course, we know the book of Ephesians deals with the military illustration of the armor of God. But right here in some places where we may not expect it, there's this mention of a elevated position. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Some uh, translations said it this way. He has blessed us with very, every spiritual blessing in high places in Christ Jesus. High places. A high tower. An elevated position. In chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are in high places. We're in the high tower in Christ Jesus. So when David said, the Lord is my high tower, he was saying a mouthful. He was saying a mouthful that the apostle Paul echoed, and he said, God has put us in high places, in a high tower, on higher ground. 
that's where he expects us to live, is to live in the high places and to dwell in the high places or the heavenly places. David said a lot about God in just a few words. And all of these things about God are not just generic theological descriptions about God and doctrinal statements. Every single one of them, he owns them. And says, this is what God is to me. The Bible says, God says, I am. And David says, he is mine with every other description of God. And we say that, and will we claim it? Is there anything before we close? Let's all stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer. Thank you for coming.